step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Translate to a little over five months, uh, five calendar months. From the end of the 25-year term. From the time uh, mandatory parole releases um, granted. granted. So if that were the term that were set now, uh, the provision here prohibiting parole wouldn't apply. That's correct. Because we're going to mandatory parole release provisions. That's correct. So how much time, if this were granted, would Mr. Cunningham have to continue to serve before he gets mandatory parole release? Uh, I don't know. Basically, the time that he served in prison, he's actually accumulated credits. However, because of his sentence, they don't appear. Um, I don't know if they would be able to do a calculation now. He, he, it's unlikely that he has served enough time to actually expire a sentence, but he may have. He served 15 flat years. I don't know how much um, credit would have applied during that period. Wouldn't be long. Right. He wouldn't be under supervision very long. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the real downside. <laughs> Is the absence of any supervision. So on the one hand, there is no option, as in the prior case, because of the statutory limitation, which frankly creates a legal question or a legal conflict between the statute and the Constitution over the authority of the Pardons Board, an issue that we haven't addressed as a court. Um, and then the second issue is the alternative proposed by Mr. Cunningham in order to get him into the mandatory parole release exception uh, would uh, put the board in a position where there'd be very little supervision time left for him once he was out under mandatory parole. Months. That's correct. Not years, months. Pardon? It would be months, months not years. We're going to see if we can figure it out. We're going to see if we can identify the time. We can take just a moment. Um, we may be able to give you that answer. Well, okay. I, I mean, from my perspective, the legal problem is an issue that uh, perhaps um, needs to be visited by Mr. Cunningham and his counsel in addressing the status of the statute and its relationship to the constitutional authority of the pardons board. Um, but uh, based on this record, uh, I, for one, am not very inclined to grant a 10 to 25 term which would have him out even with a year left on supervision. That's not nearly adequate, in my opinion. So um, I don't want to waste the NDOC's time. I move to deny it this time. I'll I'll second. second. Go ahead. I'll second Attorney that General. motion. There's a motion by uh, Justice Hardesty to deny the request, seconded by the Attorney General. Any questions or comments with regard to the motion? Um, may I have one? If that is carried would the board consider changing it to 5 to 25 and a consecutive 5 to 25 well i think it would be necessary from my own personal perspective mr cornell for you to get some additional information have those credits calculated 
Governor uh, Gibbons and Justice Hardesty, uh, they were able to um, calculate the sentence and uh, he would, based on the credit earnings today and, and reducing the sentence to a maximum term of 25 years, he'd be projected to expire in March of 2011. So the mandatory parole eligibility would occur uh, prior to that, several months prior to that. Okay. The motion is still to deny. No questions or comments, uh, Mr. Secretary Colorado. Justice Seda? Yes. Justice Cherry? Yes. Justice Paragari? Yes. Justice Hardesty? Yes. Chief Justice Gibbons? Yes. Attorney General Masto? Yes. Governor Gibbons? Yes. Motion carries. Thank you for the opportunity to be heard. We have uh, reached the end of the list of requests before the board, and we are into agenda item number three, which is a discussion board of various ways in which the pardons board can assist in easing prison overcrowding, including commutation of sentences to allow for early parole and subsequent deportation of prisoners who are present in the United States in violation of immigration laws. Uh, the board will provide direction to the staff with regard to selection criteria or other parameters based on discussion of the board. Is there someone here making the presentation to the board? Uh, Governor, um, Justice Hardesty um, asked that this be placed on the agenda as a discussion item. Uh, I believe recently um, ICE uh, has began, begun working on a program as a result of the um, initial review that the Pardons Board did uh, about 18 months ago. And um, I believe um, Department of Corrections has some information, um, but I think what we would be looking for is uh, guidance uh, from the board with regard to uh, considering these cases again uh, in the future. Governor, as I mentioned earlier today, um, I had extensive conversations with uh, Curtis Hemphill of Immigration Customs Enforcement, um, and uh, he's the head of the local detention uh, uh, or deportation group. Uh, I was advised by him uh, following a conversation with Mr. Skolnick that ICE had conducted a survey of the inmates recently of the Nevada Department of Corrections. That survey showed that um, about 1,730 uh, inmates are in the prison with an ice hold. Um, they had canvassed the entire population. Uh, of that group, uh, I asked Greg Smith, who is the individual I worked with uh, about a year and a half ago, who is uh, with the uh, intake at NDOC, to provide for me a list of inmates uh, who met the following criteria. They had an ice hold. They had no prior crime of violence. They had no prior, they had no crime of violence, they had no prior criminal history, um, and that they were uh, within uh, uh, 24 months of their uh, uh, expiration, or excuse me, 24 months of their minimum sentence. Uh, and he informed me uh, in an email I think I sent to members of the board uh, that there were 320 such inmates. Um, this uh, indicates that um, a substantial number of the prison population uh, is uh, in prison uh, with that kind of uh, configuration, which, by the way, 
was a configuration that was pretty much consistent with uh, Jesus Alvera that we considered earlier today. Um, I would like to suggest to the board that we ask the, uh, uh, Mr. Smith and the NDLC to go through that list uh, based on that criteria, confirm those numbers, uh, and uh, uh, advise the board about uh, those folks. Uh, we had previously in, pre in prior meetings indicated that we weren't interested in considering people who uh, had a high probability of returning to the country because they had family members or children, uh, but that uh, people in the category uh, that we've mentioned would be considered by the board on a case-by-case -case basis uh, for review. Um, I have had uh, some discussions uh, with a limited number of my colleagues about the fact that this uh, issue uh, applies equally, frankly, to uh, people who are not subject to ice holes. That is, American citizens who are in prison, who are in prison for a nonviolent offense, um, who have no prior criminal history, um, and maybe uh, just uh, 24 months or even less to their uh, minimum sentence. Um, and shouldn't this board consider the same relief for an American citizen in that category as they would consider for um, a, a uh, someone with an ice hole? And by the way, with respect to such an individual, that person uh, could be uh, uh, granted a conditional pardon by this board and placed under supervision uh, in a different setting at a much less expense, expensive uh, uh, supervision than having them in prison at the full cost of uh, prison. So I would be interested, uh, Governor, in asking the staff to have uh, a similar profile run on NDOC inmates that meet that criteria uh, and then uh, allow the board to review both uh, at a meeting uh, scheduled as soon as they can put those numbers together and uh, allow us to, to see where we might go with respect to that subject. Now, I have never advocated uh, for uh, letting people out of prison who shouldn't be out of prison. What I have advocated is changing the address and the supervision of people in a less expensive setting. And one thing uh, for the benefit of the board, and I know the Attorney General knows this from hearings of the Advisory Commission, there are much improved methods of supervising these individuals through GPS systems and the like. Uh, which are much less expensive and frankly improve the capability of the system to supervise these people uh, in a different setting. Uh, I think it's fair to approach this uh, for both uh, ICE holds as well as uh, American citizens who might be in this situation. And the benefit to the state, I think, would be rather substantial. I think we were surprised to learn on the advisory commission that 48% of the inmates sentenced to Nevada State Prison are being sentenced there on their first offense. That does not mean that they don't have some prior criminal history. They do. Usually it's of a misdemeanor nature, and usually they're getting in based upon some probation violation. The question is, can you supervise those folks in a different context, in a less expensive setting, and still be effective? Now, admittedly, the state is short on treatment capability, uh, but I think we could look at those cases on a case-by-case -case basis. But it's this board that can provide that relief more so than any other board in the state if we're willing to take the time to look at those cases and do that. Well, you know what might be uh, 
helpful, at least for me and uh, maybe for other members of the board, is if we had available somebody from ICE that could come in and uh, have a discussion with us or somebody uh, that's familiar with these new uh, supervision techniques that could come in and explain them to us. Absolutely. Uh, I would feel far more comfortable addressing uh, these kind of issues if we had that benefit. Why don't we, uh, we certainly could make that a part of an overall presentation. I imagine uh, the director <coughs> could make arrangements for that. For members of the court uh, and the attorney general, uh, she'll be at this upcoming meeting. Uh, the federal state uh, judicial council is meeting on November 7th. Um, generally speaking, those meetings have been kind of a vanilla discussion about what's happening at the state level, what's happening at the federal level. We've changed those meetings now for special guest presentations. And uh, the guest presentation, coincidentally, at the November 7th meeting in the federal courthouse in Las Vegas is a guest presentation by Curtis Hemphell and Stephen Branch, who's the head of ICE in the Western Region. You're all invited to attend. It starts at 10 o'clock. But there will be a thorough discussion, Justice Perigari, of the very issues we're talking about at that presentation but I certainly uh, would expand it and include them into the presentation here. Justice Hardesty, if I may, does that include then the, is the November meeting of this commission going to be simply on ICE release tension issues and or will it include a discussion of the criteria that you have now posited that we should consider at a subsequent meeting of this board? Um, no, the meeting of the Federal State Judicial Council and the presentation at that council meeting by us deals with the panoply of immigration uh, review. What are they doing in the prison system? What are they doing with people and deporting them? Uh, I'm suggesting there would be a subsequent and different meeting of this board to look at the various issues we've been discussing here. In which case, I want to be sure that I um, support your request that we have that meeting and that those issues be placed before this board. They are essential, as far as I'm concerned, to consideration to easing the prison population, in my mind. I guess the question is, uh, if we do a combined hearing with uh, the review of the profiles uh, that Justice Hardesty is suggesting and a meeting with the ICE officials to discuss with us the criteria or whatever we're going to ask them to bring forward, uh, what would be the time frame for you to accomplish your requirements? We could identify the base number equivalent to the 300 plus that we've identified for ICE by tomorrow. Uh, the question will be the case-by-case -case review to make sure that, in fact, they are eligible. Right. But we could get you a ballpark number uh, tomorrow. Okay. I would think, Governor, that before we undertook a case-by-case -case review, we would need to understand the program and its consequences and some alternatives. And that, I think, would be a separate presentation before okay. we embark on that. So you don't want to have the two the same. You'd no, like I to have the ICE review first and then followed by the case by case, or followed by a profile review. Well, actually, I'm suggesting that there be a uh, presentation of uh, various alternatives and let the board members question that, uh, both with respect to ICE and how those inmates are handled 
uh, as you will recall from this from the program we did a year and a half ago uh, inmates uh, would consent to a deportation and they were automatically deported and we confirmed correct me if I'm wrong Mr. Smolnik all 106 were in fact deported to a foreign jurisdiction and at least based on the uh, law enforcement information that we have there's been no returns uh, to date um, but carrying this program to American citizens who would be supervised under a different setting, I think would require some work with the Division of Parole and Probation uh, and MDOC to see how those might be supervised, what their capacity and capability is, and how you would structure that supervision in a different setting, what it would cost. And I think with that information, the board could then either entertain it or reject it. Well, and I think what, the staff wouldn't have to go sure. to the effort of going putting all those files together. And I think it's incumbent upon us to know what those alternatives are before we give direction to uh, the board. I would ask that we not limit the uh, the American citizens to the 24 months, though, before uh, they uh, are eligible. Uh, rather that it be 36 or even 48 months. I'd like to see those statistics. I think if you're going to do the ones who are eligible in 24 months, I'd like to see the ones 36 and 48 months also. I think it's important that we take care of our own also. We'll break, we'll break them down for you. Because I'd be inclined not to limit uh, the folks who would be on pro the go before the parole board to maybe even, uh, and, and because we have an economic crisis here in the, in not only our state, but in the whole country. And certainly I just toured one of the prisons uh, uh, with some of the members of the Supreme Court uh, uh, staff and uh, certainly uh, uh, to eliminate uh, the cost of uh, these some of these prisoners uh, uh, would be uh, very important if we could just put them on probation, which has got to be much cheaper. And maybe we could even put some of the uh, prison budget over to the to uh, parole and probation to supervise these folks. Hope I'm not uh, uh, whistling in the wind on this. But I think it's very important. Okay. That's all government that I had on So staff understand the, what we're after on this for the next meeting. And if we have any questions, we can certainly. Certainly. Still, I would go with his, with uh, Justice Hardesty's uh, profile in other respects, nonviolent, uh, no, you know, no serious prior record or uh, things like that. Just it's just the time I'm talking about the months until uh, they're eligible on the mandatory minimum. I would like to ask. Um, uh, oh, and I had excluded sex offenders on that list too. Sure, I have no problem with that. Uh, just uh, generally, um, in the consideration of the, of the uh, Pardons Board applicants, um, the, the over, uh, over time there have been different um, uh, considerations that the Board has had with regard to the applicants. Is there anything in particular that um, you would be looking for uh, above and beyond just a sentence um, that might exclude them or might um, give them more favor for consideration? For example, um, today, many of the applicants, um, the questions that were asked had to do with um, programming and uh, how much they've availed uh, themselves of that. Um, I don't know if it's possible to look into that, but uh, if we're compiling a list, if we have that information, would you like that as well? Well, I think part of the problem that we have is that the pardons board doesn't meet frequently enough to consider the numerous applications we get. I mean, this time around, I think all of us had some 200 
or so applicants, at least. Um, and I'm sure there are many, many more who uh, sought applicants and they didn't get uh, put before us. Um, as long as the Pardons Board, frankly, consists of this body, uh, this membership, uh, we don't have enough time to meet. <laughs> um, and so I think it's really one of the fundamental problems in uh, the effectiveness of this board. And the uh, Advisory Commission has suggested to the legislature that the board be reconstituted. So I don't think the Supreme Court should even be on the board. I'm not so sure the Attorney General should either because she has to give legal advice in so many different areas. So we have a board of one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, ultimately, Governor, it's your call. <laughs> but uh, it seems what this proposal suggests is that the Constitution be amended to consider a clemency board, like exists in so many other states appointed by the Governor, where you could have more frequent meetings and that characteristic could be developed. Uh, I think right now it'd be hard for us to define that. I think also we need to educate our district court, our district court, our trial judges. Uh, I know when I was a trial judge, it was real nice to hammer somebody with consecutive after consecutive after consecutive. But now seeing some of these folks come forward when they have sentences that are more uh, for robberies than if they'd committed murders, uh, we need to educate our trial judges to say, you know what, especially some in the rurals uh, where consecutive is, I don't think they know the word concurrent sometimes. And I think the education would be important, uh, especially so that uh, they would understand if they could see what it's like to sit on a pardons board, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, uh, consecutive is not always the answer. That's sometimes concurrent, especially when uh, it's uh, stacked charges like some of the DAs do in, uh, in Clark County. Well, several consecutive sentences we heard today, though, came out of Clark County. That's what no, that's what I said. That's where they stack them, is Clark County also. That practice isn't unique to the rural counties. This is a problem in the statewide. And that's why education is the most important thing of our trial judges. To answer your question. I agree. Do we have any further comments on this part of our agenda? <clears throat> All right. Uh, we'll move on to... Uh, does that require a motion or anything to, uh, this is just informational, is it? Uh, I think, I don't think a motion's required. We can, we can provide information. <coughs> right. Then we'll move on to agenda item number four, which is the portion of the uh, board's uh, public comment. And, uh, and we will open it up for anyone in the general public to testify before the board at this time. We would ask if you do, that you limit it to three minutes uh, of time and uh, restrict the content of your testimony to that which uh, the board has authority over. Is there anyone wishing to comment to, to the board at this time? Please come forward. Teresa Werner for um, public comment. And I live in Reno, and I'm a public citizen. Um, um, first of all, I'd like to thank you all for meeting. Um, and uh, I'm extremely, extremely impressed with the great questions that all of you asked. Um, I, I was just, I was floored. Some of the questions were just outstanding. Um, 
I agree with most of your decisions, but of course I'm not privy to all of your information, so I, I assume that you made the best decisions possible. Um, I have questions to which, of course, I don't expect answers because I realize this is public comment. Um, regarding programs in the NDOC, it's, it was unfortunate all day to, talk, to hear uh, constant um, comments about reentry. Uh, I see these people and I, I, I feel for them and I feel for the victims on both sides. Um, but it's very unfortunate to hear over and over again about how great they are in prison and they can't prove how great they'd be in society. I, I'd like to um, offer the suggestion that um, more reentry programs be available that somehow maybe we can do a, a halfway out type thing. Um, you know, I think other states even do, you can serve time during the day or on the weekends or some, there's, like Justice Hardesty says, there are other alternatives. Um, regarding the psych evaluations, of course, I saw attorneys use both sides, which I thought was interesting. Um, I realize I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, but I, I heard the term antisocial a lot. As a public citizen, I would prefer that an inmate be antisocial. I, I, would, I would question an inmate that is very social in prison. If he can get along with a bunch of criminals, I don't want him outside. Um, I would actually prefer as a public citizen to hear that they're antisocial. But again, I, I don't know the clinical term or what that term means, so I just want to <coughs> make that comment. Um, regarding NDOC staff, I heard today some comments that you have one minute, that's all. Thank you, sorry. Um, I heard some comments of NDOC staff praising the inmates, but then I, I understand that NDOC staff is not allowed to do that, so I don't, I don't know the clarification. Uh, I'm glad budget was brought up. Uh, Justice Hardesty sent, uh, recommended some great things with the ACAJ uh, with alternatives. I would have liked to see a little bit more comment today about the tax burden to the public. Uh, with Mr. Klein, we talked about his medical expenses. Um, I, I just would like to see some more dollar figures to these decisions um, be spoken about. Um, I saw a lot of robbery cases versus murder. Um, according to Dr. Austin, uh, murders have less than 1%. Um, uh, they recidivate less than 1% of the time murders do. Frankly, I think I'd rather have a murderer next door to me than a drug addict. Um, uh, I am a victim of domestic violence myself. Uh, uh, and my... Please just... I'll wrap it up. My brother has been in prison several times, and he's a model prisoner. And when, he, he's in, when he's in prison, he's great. When he gets out, he's worse. Every single time, he's worse. And it, it's because of drugs, and it's because of no programming or low, lack of programming, and it's because it's a controlled environment. Um, but as most of you know, my husband's also in prison, and uh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't give him a plug for I wish he was here today. Um, and I also heard a lot about PSI reports today, and uh, I would just like to say that there is no, there's no way to correct errors in a PSI report. My husband's has, I think, 17-plus errors in it, and, and I've confirmed those errors, um, including his name is even wrong. So uh, I, I realize you all have a lot of material to look at, and I'm sure most of it is correct, but um, please understand some of it, you know, it might be great details, might be incorrect. Um, but again, and, and I'd like to commend uh, Justice Hardesty and members of the uh, ACIJ committee. They've come up with some great ideas and, and great recommendations, and uh, I, I hope that they're considered. And as far as the pardons board is considered, I hope that they meet more often, at least twice a year, like the NAC says. So I, I hope that you give a good example of 
following the rules like you expect everyone else to. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else wishing to testify before the board? Hearing none, we'll move to the uh, final agenda item, which is agenda item number five, which is adjournment. Is there a motion to adjourn? So moved. Moved. Second. And seconded by Justice Seda. All those in, well, Mr. Secretary, call the roll. Justice Seda? Yes. Justice Cherry? Yes, definitely. Justice Perigari? Yes. Justice Hardesty? Yes. Chief Justice Gibbons? Yes. Attorney General Masto? Yes. Governor Gibbons? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.